0: And the title, at the beginning is Watchfulness. And I'll just have to add this bit. It's not in the Bible, but I love these verses. The one my favourite. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming and he then begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does these things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more. Will be asked.
1: Great. Morning, everybody. Um, so, thanks so much, Louise, for that reading. That's brilliant. Um, fantastic. Uh, originally, that was going to be split because it's quite a chunk of scripture. It's going to be split between uh, Louise and Tom, but unfortunately, Tom's a bit poorly this morning. So, thanks very much for um, doing the whole thing. I really appreciate it. Really good. Before I start, I've got to say um, what a great bunch of people there are in this church. Absolutely wonderful. What a great fellowship. What a warm fellowship. What a loving fellowship and what a supportive fellowship. Absolutely fantastic. Really is great. A fantastic bunch of people. uh, Blessed and loving and giving. And that's from knowledge of everybody over a lot of years. So be encouraged by that. But in preparing for this, I have been struck by the fact that... um, some of us um, are outwardly very robust and very giving and very loving and very in control. But in our house, we have a, a, a saying that, you know, we're all, um, we're all delicate flowers and, um, you know, can be crushed very easily. And I just really, at the start, would just encourage all of us, really, just to be alert for any signs of people needing encouragement. And perhaps even so amongst those strong people, just be aware of that and really show God's love in those situations. So, um, ah, press this, don't I? Oh, there we go. Excellent. So that reading, no problem with that, was there, really? No challenge at all, really? Um, nothing controversial? Absolutely fine. Um... Uh, so it's hardly worth talking about, is it? Really, hardly worth talking about. But we'll give it a go, and we'll kick it about a bit if you insist. So, um, who was speaking? Well, Jesus was speaking. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you all knew that. And who was he speaking to? Well, uh, he was speaking to a large group of people, including the disciples. And uh, we know, we know that. There's, it's a little confusing in the uh, the lead up to that in the the the. Uh, uh, verses up, up to that because he talks about speaking to the disciples and speaking to a large crowd but if there is any confusion about it I just love this at verse 41 Peter asked and you just imagine him can't you there shuffling in his sandals or whatever he was wearing at the time shuffling saying Peter asked Lord are you telling this parable to to us you, you, do you mean us you, you can't mean us do you mean us or do you mean everyone So there's clearly more than just the disciples there listening to this. And I think there's a message in this for us today. And really, we have to be mindful of the fact that at this point, Jesus was preaching. Obviously, he hadn't died at that stage, hadn't been crucified, hadn't taken on the sins of the world, hadn't been resurrected. And he was really, in this parable, giving a little glimpse, using picture language and metaphor, of what things are going to come now there 's a whole discipline um, built around uh, build, uh, predicting future times and it 's called eschatology and i don 't particularly want to get into that today, but i 'm sure those theological scholars amongst you will know all about the tribulation and the millennium and all of this and, and who 's going to come back when i 'm sure you 've got it all worked out on your diaries and all that kind of stuff but i don 't know that sort of stuff, so we 're not going to get into that kind of detail today um, but um, I did think to myself that uh, sometimes we do get distracted from the um, message that Jesus gives us by just being busy. And this might be you, may not, but it might be you. Um, This is a, a representation of a Greek character called Sisyphus who was condemned to push a boulder up a hill for eternity. And I, I quite like the image, because it's, it's kind of me, this. You know, I, I, I sort of... Yeah, brilliant. I love doing stuff. It's really good. Really busy. Really excited. I love doing stuff. Absolutely fantastic. Distracted. You don't have to think about things. Especially smashing stuff for some bit strange reason. I don't know why. I like smashing stuff up. Um, but that's just me. But so, I remember uh, a little while ago, some somebody told me that um, if you are busy... Um, it's a good idea just occasionally, just occasionally, to have a little look at the direction that you're travelling in. And I'm sure if you look at this representation here, you'll see that uh, this probably isn't going to be particularly good for the guy who's working hard toiling up the hill in a minute, but it's going to be really bad for the guy who's standing at the, cor- at the bottom of the cliff. So being busy, 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 without question and without direction is not always a good thing. And equally, the nose to the grindstone, well, I work out. Oh, nose is always to the grindstone. Yeah, great, absolutely fantastic. And that's great in church as well, with church activities, absolutely fantastic. We need work, we need jobs, we need stuff doing. But you're going to get a sore nose, aren't you, let's be honest. And it's probably not sustainable. So, uh, what's Jesus telling us? Well, he's telling us that he, as well as being there in that moment at that time, he's telling us that he will be coming back. And he's telling us that he will be coming back and looking pretty seriously about what's been happening. Now, yeah. Well, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm not quite ready yet. I was. We've got a new dog. Some of you may know we've got a new dog. We never shut up about it, especially Susanna. Uh, We absolutely love it. It's a wonderful thing. But uh, this dog um, obviously wasn't quite ready when the Frisbee was let go. And I wonder how many of us are just not quite ready yet for the Frisbee to be thrown at us. Well, does it matter? Does it matter? Because, let's be honest... We're already saved. It doesn't matter. Uh, John three sixteen. 16, God's soul of the world that he gave his only son that all who uh, believe in him shall not perish but shall have life eternal. Absolutely fantastic. We're saved. Tick in the box. Brilliant. Doesn't matter. Feet up. Absolutely no problem at all. Um, okay. All right. And that's great. That's absolutely true. Our salvation is absolutely assured. And I'm certainly not here to tell you that that is not the case. It's absolutely true. Um. But I'm afraid as strange and as weird and as confusing and as difficult to understand that it is, our deeds and our actions do matter in some weird way. And there are lots, I think when I googled it, using my best friend here, when I googled it, there are about ten passages in scripture that talked about our deeds being judged. So whilst our salvation is assured in some weird way that we don't understand, but the eschatologists may well understand, um, there are going to be consequences to the way in which we live our lives. So what does Jesus say? Well, in verse 35, he tells us to be dressed properly, dressed ready. Now, uh, just just in case we're confused about this, uh, let's be clear. It doesn't mean you're not going to be saved if you happen to be naked at the second coming. Okay? So let's get that. So so let's not have uh, people who have their salvation suits. You know, uh, I'm just getting into bed putting on my salvation suit just in case. That's not the case at all. This is picture language, remember, and it's a, a metaphor. So we need to be dressed and to be ready. And that's about being presented properly before the Lord. And we heard from the uh, action team, and I was mindful of this, that they reminded us that this is about God Almighty and not God Almighty. Um, There is something about being in a right place and a right condition before God. And of course, let's not forget, we have um, scriptural evidence for the way in which we should clothe ourselves. We need to be wearing the armour of God. Now, I'm not a big fan of armour, to be honest. Um, It's clumsy, it gets in the way, you know, you can't move very well. So armour, probably not a good idea. Didn't do Goliath any good, did it? Let's be honest. But what we're talking about here is not earthly, worldly Uh, human armor we're talking about the armor of god here so we've got the belt of truth we've got the breastplate of righteousness our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace we have the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and we're armed with the sword of the spirit so these are the ways in which we should be dressing ourselves and making us ourselves ready to be in a right place before god I don't know whether it helps if I straighten my arm, it seems to. The other thing that Jesus says in verse uh, 35 is that we need to keep the lamps burning. Now, again, let's be clear, this isn't about keeping the lamps lights on 24 hours a day. This is really about uh, being in a state of readiness. At the time, there was no electricity, of course, so you have to be ready 24 hours a day. Let's not forget that Jesus and the Lord and uh, um, God... Does not just stick to business hours. It's not a nine to five thing. I've gotten really no in- no experience of the kind of being lost without a without a light. But, but but myself and Susanna were out walking in Wales one time. We were trying to get from one place to another valley where some friends had rented a cottage. And it was getting dark, we were getting a bit worried. Really, uh, we thought we might have to spend a night out on the hills, which is no fun if you're not if you're not prepared for it. So, and we saw it in the distance we saw this light, and so we went for it, and it was where we were meant to be. So that's really our experience of the help that can be had from having the lights on. What else does he say in the, verse thirty-five? Well, uh, in verse thirty-six, well, he says that we need to be like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. Now, um, most of the weddings that we've been to, I suspect, are. You know, Saturday afternoon, ceremonies at 11, bit of a wedding breakfast up to about 3, bit of a, a meal, um, disco and some volovants at about 7.30. That's kind of a typical wedding, at least most of the ones that I've been to anyway. But you've got to remember in uh, biblical times, weddings were massive, huge, lengthy celebrations. And I was fortunate enough to spend some time in India, and I was invited to a wedding um, many years ago. And uh, I just went for three days. Well, the thing was going on. it went on for about three months it 's just an insane length of time and amount of resources absolutely amazing so it 's just making the point that this the Lord can come and the Lord can ask for account at any time and then again underlying the point that um, the Lord doesn't keep business hours. It's not just nine to five, doesn't have a half day on Thursday, um, and doesn't have some days off. Um, it really can happen any time at all. So we really need to be ready. We need to be in an attitude of readiness. We need to be dressed ready. And we need to be having the lights on. And, of course, all of the above require us to have some degree of action and some degree of activity. Well, what do we need to do? Well, um, with thanks to Rick Warren, um, those of you who were around uh, a few years ago may remember a study that we did called a Purpose Driven Church. Um, And he reminded us that, that our purpose really is for God's pleasure. He loves us. He created us. He loves us, every one of us. And he underlined that there are probably five headings under which we can um, think about how we're going to serve and how we're going to live our lives. And they were worship, discipleship, fellowship, evangelism, and ministry. Now, um, in order to be in that right frame of mind that should be pink, I don't know why Mary. is that a different colour to the previous ones yeah it is isn't it Yeah. Um, in order for us to be in that right frame of mind we must acknowledge our Lord as our master he's not our mate, he is our mighty Lord and our saviour who loves us and how amazing is that But we must have faith um, John, from John 3.16. For God's soul of the world, he gave his only son that all who believe in him shall not perish. And what is faith? Well, we'll just clear this up. okay? As we've already said, it's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. We know that from Hebrews 11 verse 1. Because just to clear this up, it is by grace that we have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves it is the gift of god so our faith isn't of ourselves our faith even is a gift from god so yeah i'm glad we've cleared that up we must also dedicate ourselves to being his servant and we've already touched on some of the areas where that may well be the case. So we need to be dressed appropriately with the lamps burning. We need to uh, be prepared that this can happen at any time, even at night. We need to be ready to open the door when he knocks, as it says in verse uh, 38. And we've just listed some of the ways in which we can um, serve more generally. But again, just in case you're wondering um, whether we're just edging towards salvation by works, we're really not. We're really not. Salvation is by uh, God's grace. It is by grace that we've been saved through faith and not from ourselves. It's the gift of God and not by works so that no one can boast. And here we are. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so all these things that we're confused about and thinking about and all these things that we're wrestling with shall i do this shall i do that shall i not do this i'd better not do anything i'd better do everything all these things that we're worried about we don't need to be concerned about them because god knows about these things god prepared these things for us in advance and all we need to do is to seek god's will in our lives and be open to what he wants to do And there's this uh, wonderful word that we tend to use called, called balance. Now, we could divide those five headings um, into percentages and do 20% of our time doing each one. You know, 20% of ministry, 20% of um, evangelism, 20% of d- discipleship, 20% worship, whatever it is. Um, but I don't think that's what balance really means. It's not about doing equal amounts of everything. It's about being in balance, not with what we do, but in balance in our relationship with God. About involving and inviting God into all aspects of our lives. And about living in expectation. Because as we've said, uh, we need to be ready to open the door at any time. And we know that our church is one body with many parts and each part does its work and we need to acknowledge that we need to be involved in work. Now that may not be digging roads or knocking walls down but it is an acknowledgement that we need to be involved in the work and life of the church. So if we are expecting um, Jesus, just four questions. How should our lives look? How should our church look? And how should we behave? And what should we say? Now the answers for each of those questions I'm sure will be different for each of us at different times. But I think to never ask those questions is probably a mistake. And I think for each of us, we could do well by just inviting God and praying prayerfully about each of those headings and each of those questions but here's the punchline though isn't it because all of this is really lovely but you know why why does it all matter why do we need to even think about this why god why Well, Louise read brilliantly for us uh, what I regard as a parable of two halves. We've got the first half, which talks about the fact that we need to make ourselves ready. We need to be involved in some kind of action. But then the second part, which Peter was perhaps a bit nervous about, um, Lord, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? It can't be yours, surely. It can't be yours. It's them. It can't be yours. But it is a parable of two halves and in the second part we are um, challenged really by um, the fact that firstly we will be blessed. But then there's a whole pile of stuff about punishment, about being beaten, about being cut into pieces and all the rest of it. Which I've got to be honest, don't fancy it, don't fancy any of that really. And I mean, I've heard people speak on this um, part of uh, Scripture before, and uh, they kind of get themselves into suggesting that there's a kind of a hierarchy of punishment or a hierarchy of salvation. Um, I guess there might be, I don't know. Um, And those eschatologists amongst you may well be able to analyze this and come up with uh, various uh, inferences from these various punishments. So, for example, the one that knows his master's will in verse 47 and doesn't get ready or doesn't do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows, many blows, not just once, many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. So if you haven't heard the word, you're going to get, oh, pesky, pesky. Um, Is that the way it's going to be? I don't know. It seems to imply that. But for us as um, Christians, we're saved. Our salvation is assured. We will be blessed. That's the assurance of knowing Jesus. We will be blessed. And the other punchline, of course, is in verse 48 that reminds us that from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I don't know whether people um, regard themselves as, as well off or wealthy or um, comfortable even. Um, my suspicion is that most of us are. None of us, as far as I'm aware, have to walk 20 miles to get water each day or kill something to to get food. But there are pressures in our lives, there are challenges in our lives, and I don't want to minimise those at all. And I know that there are people here who are struggling with very, very, very significant issues, and I make um, no judgments or aspersions about that at all. But it strikes me that we do have to be alert to the fact that our lives and the way in which we live our lives, the way in which we manifest our faith, will have consequences in some strange way. So we need to be alert to that, mindful of that, and we need to bring it before God. So, um, well, should we be worried? Well, yeah, you start reading this stuff, and it 's really interesting eschatology end time stuff really interesting, um, and you speak to somebody who kind of knows everything, and you kind of think, "Oh my goodness me yeah you 're right, this is yeah, we need to get this sorted out, but the reality is that we don't build we don 't have our salvation based on the understanding the details of what it's going to happen at the tribulation, or at the rapture, or at the millennium. We have our salvation based um, on our faith and our belief in Jesus it's by the grace of God. So should we be worried? Well, no. Let's not be worried. Let's not be worried. Let's be assured in our salvation says in Philippians that we shouldn't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. Who, of course, already knows them. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It reminds me of uh, when um, uh, Richard spoke the other week about um, Jesus watching the disciples fishing. And they were fishing over the left side of the uh, boat weren't catching anything and Jesus was there he was watching he knew what they were going to do he knew what they were doing and he knew what was going to happen and when they brought the fish over um, to uh, put onto the fire he asked them for their fish but he already had fish on the barbecue he didn't need their fish he just wanted them So let's bring ourselves, let's not worry about this sort of stuff, let's bring ourselves wholly, completely, um, as individuals, as families, and as a church before God. And in closing, I'd just like to say that um, all of this hinges on the cross, and we need to be focusing on the cross, on what Jesus did for me, for you, and for all of us on Calvary. So, when we are um, challenged by things, let's bring all of those to the cross. Let's um, bring our troubles and worries to Him, and He will give us rest from them. And let's be doers, because in some wee- weird way, our deeds do matter. And let's serve God by discipleship, fellowship, ministry, worship, or evangelism, whatever way we are called to do, but let's serve God. And let's not get too tied up by details of theology. Whilst it's interesting, it's not something for us to get tied up about. And let's bring things every day to the cross. Amen.